Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Alan Miller. I'm your host today. And uh, we're going to be talking about some really interesting stuff today, some plant pigments and how they affect uh, the eye and the brain. And uh, my guest today is uh, Dr. Deshani Rai. She is Vice President of Omni Active Health Technologies. And who is that? Well, that is uh, the people that we purchase uh, a, an ingredient from. And uh, it's really fascinating what this ingredient is, what it does, and uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that in a second. Let me give you a quick rundown of Dr. Rai. Uh, she is an accomplished scientist with more than 15 years um, industry and academic experience focused on developing, translating, communicating, and commercializing the science related to health and wellness. She's made significant scientific contributions to self-care through a variety of roles in R&D, including discovery, scientific, regulatory, and medical affairs. She's led the design, implementation, and translation of preclinical and clinical studies across multiple therapeutic areas, including gastrointestinal health, eye health, and the microbiome. And her research has been published in peer-reviewed journals and presented at national and international meetings. Dr. Rai is also an adjunct associate professor at the Friedman School of Nutrition Sciences and Policy, and that's at Tufts University. Uh, Dr. Rai, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, uh, Dr. Muller. I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to have OmniActive Health Technologies uh, participate in this podcast. It's a real pleasure indeed, and I'm excited to be speaking on the clinical science we have generated related to the macular carotenoids and visual performance. Now, you just referred to the term macular carotenoids. Um, really what we're talking about are basically in the most basic element. I think plant pigments uh, that are, are in some specific plants that, um, and, and more specifically lutein and zeaxanthine um, and referred to as macular carotenoids. Tell us a little bit more about macular carotenoids. Great. Uh, defining macular carotenoids is really an important way to lay the foundation for understanding their physiological relevance uh, of the carotenoids, lutein and zeaxanthin for eye health and vision uh, performance. So the best way I'd like to define these terms is to first address them individually and then uh, combine their definitions. So if you take the word macula, it is obviously pertaining to the macula of the eye, which is also known as the macula lutea, an oval-shaped pigmented area near the center of the retina at the back of the eye. The macula can be further subdivided into other regions, including the fovea. Now, although it is only about five millimeters or say approximately 0.2 inches in diameter, it is responsible for all of our central vision, which is needed for our daily activities, such as reading, driving, recognizing faces, and for helping seeing the finer details of objects. This is not surprising since the macula has a very high concentration of photoreceptor cells that detect light and send signals to the brain, which then interprets the, um, these signals as images. The macula also protects the retina from blue light damage. As you may uh, know, degeneration of the macula results in compromised central vision, and which is then commonly defined as an uh, important cause of blindness in the Western population. Now defining carotenoids. As you referred to, Dr. Muller, carotenoids are plant pigments 
made by the plants themselves. And it is what gives the plants the red, orange, and yellow colors. They help plants absorb light energy for use in photosynthesis. The most common carotenoids in the North American diets are lutein, zeaxanthin, alpha-carotene, beta-carotene, beta-cryptoxanthin, and lycopene. Their structural backbones made up of carbon-carbon molecules make them very effective quenches of free radicals, and hence they are commonly characterized as antioxidants. Now, unlike alpha and beta-carotene, only lutein and zeaxanthin isomers, including RR zeaxanthin and mesozeaxanthin, are uniquely and selectively accumulated in the macula of the eye, which is what gives the macula its yellow color, and hence why they are called macular carotenoids. Right. So if you're doing a, an eye exam and you're looking straight to the back of the eye, uh, and you, that's where you see that real high concentration of yellow and orange. And so that's, that's the macula and that's where those pigments um, uh, are concentrating. Agreed. So we, we know, I think most people know more about beta carotene. How do these carotenoids differ than uh, the beta carotene? I know we, we know beta carotene as a, an antioxidant and that it uh, concentrates in some specific tissues in the body as well. Um, mm -hmm. How are these different? So um, as you correctly pointed out, we are, are extremely familiar as a, uh, I guess, from a consumer perspective, but also from a scientific perspective on beta carotene, in particular, as it relates to its pro-vitamin A activity. So in other words, what that means is that when you ingest a food that is rich in beta carotene, it can be converted to vitamin A uh, and in this way potentially support eye health. Now, structurally, beta-carotene is different from lutein and zeaxanthin in that beta-carotene is exclusively made up of hydrogen and carbons, hence it is a carotene. And unfortunately, uh, this can, to some extent, limit the solubility and bioavailability of beta-carotene when it is ingested. In contrast, lutein and zeaxanthin, which are also classified as xanthophils, or the xanthophil type of carotenoids contain, in addition to hydrogen and carbon, oxygen as part of their structural backbone. This structural difference impacts how lutein and zeaxanthin behaves and orientates themselves within the phospholipid bilayer of cell membranes, and which kind of gives them an advantage to have modestly better aqueous solubility and hence better uh, bioavailability. The biggest difference is with respect to the localization of beta-carotene versus lutein and zeaxanthin within the human body. Why lutein and zeaxanthin is uniquely and selectively deposited within the macula of the eye, beta-carotene does not reach the retina. Now, one important consideration with the use of beta-carotene for eye health support relates to its safety which was highlighted recently by the ARIDS trials conducted by the National Eye Institute. Both the ARIDS trials uh, that were conducted by the National Institute of Health found that beta-carotene may increase lung cancer risk among those who smoke. Based on earlier re uh, research documenting a lower risk of AMD in association 
with higher dietary intakes of lutein and zeaxanthin, the researchers from the NEI theorized that lutein and zeaxanthin might be a safer and possibly more effective alternative than beta-carotene for the purposes of AMD. And I'm sure that that is uh, um, one of the considerations, one of the concerns by, uh, of many people when they hear beta-carotene is they know of that study that showed that it uh, increased uh, lung cancer incidence in smokers. So of course, yeah, we're looking for uh, a safer alternative. So that's fantastic. Um, my, my curiosity always takes me to, okay, where are these carotenoids uh, found in nature, uh, in our diet, in plants? Very relevant question. Now, you know, although lutein and zeaxanthin isomers uh, are the only carotenoids that are uniquely and selectively accumulated in the eye, and through this mechanism, they help protect the eye against oxidative damage, our bodies unfortunately don't have the machinery or the capability to make our own lutein and zeaxanthin, which means then that we have to be exclusively dependent on our diets for their presence and deposition in the retina as macular carotenoids. Now, dark green leafy vegetables like spinach, kale, turnips, and collards are particularly rich sources of lutein. And additional good dietary sources of zeaxanthin would include yellow corn, orange pepper, uh, honeydew melons, and mangoes. So roughly about, uh, you know, just to put this in practical terms, about one cup of frozen spinach or kale or turnips can yield or provide about 20 milligrams of lutein and zeaxanthin. Now, while it is reassuring that we can get our daily requirements of lutein and zeaxanthin from our daily diets, unfortunately, and as reported by the Center for Disease Control, Using the NHANES databases, the National Health and Nutrition Examination surveys, most ex Americans are not achieving their recommended intakes of fruits and vegetables. And therefore, our daily intakes of lutein and zeaxanthin is dismally low compared to the levels of lutein and zeaxanthin that have been shown to be protective for eye health. In fact, if you look at the surveys um, conducted by the National Health and um, Nutrition Examination uh, uh, body as part of the CDC, uh, the average intake of lutein and zeaxanthin in the American diet is only about 1.6 milligrams per day. Let me repeat, 1.6 milligrams per day, and which has been reported to be equivalent to around only three to four leaves of spinach. Um, so, so, so people aren't getting that um, full cup of spinach every day. And I'm, I'm being a little facetious, of course. I know that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You're, I, yeah, yeah. you're quoting some of my favorite statistics here when it comes to why we need to supplement uh, it. Because even though we know that these plants contain these things, most people are not eating them. Agreed, agreed. And in fact, you know, uh, the levels, if you compare the average intakes of what we're getting in our daily diets versus what has been shown to be protective and beneficial, um, you know, we're talking about the 10 to 20 milligram range versus 1.6 milligrams. I mean, you can see the huge disparity um, in, the, uh, in the intakes. And, you know, um, 
as you correctly point out, these data, along with the documented benefits of lutein and zeaxanthin for eye health, uh, certainly builds a compelling rationale for why we need to be supplementing our diets with lutein and zeaxanthin. So now we know uh, what they are and where they are, where they come from. And, and you mentioned, of course, that they are important for eye health, but, um, and I know part of that is uh, the protection, the antioxidant protection in the macula. How else do they support eye health and how do they support, or do they support better vision? Yeah, that's a loaded question. So I may spend a minute or two uh, addressing that. Uh, because, you know, I, and, and, you know, as I think it's very relevant in the context of truly understanding not just the nutritional, but also the physiological relevance of uh, lutein and zeaxanthin as macular carotenoids. Now, lutein and zeaxanthin isomers, including mesozeaxanthin, have been acknowledged by academic eye health expert, research experts as well as regulatory authorities to be nutritionally relevant in supporting several key aspects of vision performance, such as visual acuity, contrast sensitivity, photostress recovery, which in its uh, entirety all are very pertinent to eye health performance, to vision performance. And interestingly enough, have been demonstrated by rigorously designed clinical studies. And primarily through their ability to increase the macular pigment optical density. This is a key mechanism by how these macular carotenoids can benefit several aspects of vision performance. Again, macular pigment optical density is a term that I would be referring to um, repeatedly through this explanation. Now, another important aspect of why the combination of lutein zeaxanthin and mesozeaxanthin is important to eye health is because they strengthen or fortify the ability of the macula to act as a blue light filter. This is important because as you know, blue light is everywhere. Uh, we are surrounded by blue light, not only from our exposure to the sun during the day, but also from exposure to digital devices such as our smartphones, uh, our computers, our television, artificial lighting, etc. So while exposure to some amount of light is beneficial to us, it's the duration of our use of these de devices and their proximity to our faces, uh, and hence our eyes, which is concerning uh, vision um, specialists and healthcare professionals about the consequences of ex excessive exposure to blue light. So in, indeed, you know, uh, it's the ability of the macular pigment to fortify its role as a blue light filter um, to increase uh, its density to optical density and in, in that, uh, through that mechanism uh, enhance several aspects of vision performance and thereby uh, support better uh, vision and uh, overall better eye health. So by increasing this uh, macular uh, optical density, uh, the macular pigment optical density, um, you are creating this, this great blue light filter. Um, I, I think of this as being analogous to people wearing this sort of yellow tinted sunglasses that are trying to do a similar kind of thing. Agreed, agreed. That is a huge um, and, and, you know, key mechanism of how uh, the macular pigment uh, 
uh, protects against oxidative damage. Uh, but, you know, the other uh, key mechanism that we should also, I think, um, highlight is the uh, spatial loca uh, localization, the spatial localization of lutein and zeaxanthin within the retinal layers uh, that are anterior to the lipid-rich photoreceptor outer segments. And, and in this way, also uh, protect uh, the eyes, um, uh, that, uh, that part of the eye that is vulnerable to oxidation by radiant um, energy. So um, the combinational effect of increasing or fortifying the density of the macular pigment, uh, but also through by acting as uh, antioxidants are what collectively allows uh, an enhancement of visual performance specifically as it relates to glare, uh, contrast sensitivity, and, and outdoor vision uh, through as a result of atmos atmospheric haze. Now, I'm one of these people that, um, especially when I wear contact lenses, uh, glare bothers me, especially side, like from the side, side glare. Um, and I've seen the studies about uh, a reduced effect of glare um, when supplementing with lutein and zeaxanthine. What's the mechanism there? Yeah, several studies um, indeed, have, including those conducted by Omniactive Health Technologies, have showed that lutein and um, zeaxanthin supplementation significantly improves uh, glare discomfort. So, um, in other words, reduces the discomfort as a result of glare and thereby visual performance. Now, the study by Dr. James uh, Stringham and colleagues, uh, which was published in 2016, showed that lutein and zeaxanthin supplementation in healthy adults significantly improved glare discomfort at six months after supplementation for six months, which was, interestingly enough, further augmented significantly at 12 months. Now, there was also interest to ascertain if similar benefits of lutein and zeaxanthin could be uh, observed in individuals who are ob uh, exposed to uh, six hours or more of near screen time exposure through digital devices. And the, Dr. Stringham and colleagues showed that uh, indeed supplementation of lutein and zeaxanthin uh, at 20 milligrams of lutein and 4 milligrams of zeaxanthin continued to improve glare um, uh, discomfort. So in other words, uh, reduce the discomfort as a result of glare in these healthy young individuals exposed to digital uh, devices. And the mechanism supporting this measurable benefit of lutein and zeaxanthin supplementation, uh, specifically as it relates to glare, is linked back to the ability of these uh, carotenoids to increase macular pigment optical density. Uh, macular pigment optical density, if I've not mentioned, or, uh, mentioned already, has an appreciable effect on any visual task that involves foveating a target that contains blue light uh, and thereby impro improving discomfort from glare. If you wouldn't mind repeating what you just said uh, about blue light, I missed a word there. Is foveating, is that what you said? Foveating. And the, reason, and, and the reason why I specifically said foveating is, yeah. uh, I, I, um, you know, as and this has been described even in the literature, uh, because of where these macular pigments uh, concentrate within the fovea of the macula. So as I mentioned, the macula is made up of several different regions. Right. And one of those regions is the fovea. 
So through this accumulation in the fovea of the macula within the retina, uh, the macular pigments um, and the enhanced optical density uh, essentially uh, improves uh, the, any visual task by foveating a target that contains blue light. So essentially, uh, the other word is, I think, reflecting, mm -hmm. you know, absorbing and reflecting the blue light that's uh, hitting that uh, part of the macula. And thereby, through this mechanism, uh, reduces the discomfort as a result of glare. Okay, so we know these molecules are concentrating in the eye. And uh, to get to the eye, we kind of have to go through the blood-brain barrier, no? Absolutely correct, yes. So how do these pigments also concentrate in brain tissue or do they are they just so specific that they just want to just go directly to the macula and embed themselves there excellent question dr muller indeed uh, accumulating research has shown that these macular carotenoids are not just selectively accumulated in the retina but also strategically located within the brain so uh, yes they are able to uh, through some uh, mechanism across the blood-brain barrier to localize within certain regions of the brain. And I use the word strategically, and I said that purposefully for two reasons. Uh, they are found, firstly, they are found to be predominantly located, so lutein and zeaxanthin are found to be predominantly located in those areas of the brain most involved in learning and memory, such as the hippocampus, the cerebellum, as well as the prefrontal and auditory cortices. And secondly, uh, the other reason why I use the word strategic is because lutein appears to be preferentially accumulated in the human brain tissue, uh, where in, uh, in combination with zeaxanthin, uh, they account for approximately 66 to 77% of the total carotenoids found in the brain, which is almost a you know, reported to be a five-fold greater concentration than other carotenoids, such as, um, you know, lycopene or beta-carotene uh, or alpha-carotene. Uh, this, is, this is really important. Uh, and their presence and accumulation has been documented throughout the life cycle, starting from in utero uh, during prenatal development, in the early postnatal period, in early childhood and throughout the senior years of life, all the way up into the 80s, 90s. Now, what's equally fascinating is that these macular pigment optical density levels correlate with the concentration of lutein and zeaxanthin in the brain. And this has led researchers to speculate that the carotenoids that comprise the macular pigment may also play a role in the brain which actually is not far-fetched since the retina is a part of the central nervous system. And I think you may have alluded to this, the brain truly is the window to the world. And so uh, doing an eye exam and seeing the density of the, of the macula and the, and the pigments in there can really be a marker, not just for the amount of these uh, carotenoids that are in the macula, but it's really telling you what's going on in the brain as well. Agreed. Several clinical studies have actually uh, demonstrated a significant positive correlation uh, between the macular pigment optical density levels 
and cognitive uh, performance. And, you know, there's a growing body of evidence which has actually taken that correlation further and been demonstrated in um, children, uh, in young adults, as well as in uh, amongst the elderly population. So there are uh, clinical studies on cognitive function and uh, supplementation with these uh, carotenoids. Are there clinical effects uh, as well on mood? You would think that there would be. Now, I, again, I think a loaded question, so I may take a few minutes to address it. Um, yes, there are a growing body of clinical research demonstrating the benefit of lutein and zeaxanthin through food and or particularly through dietary supplementation on several aspects of cognitive performance. Uh, for example, in a cohort of centenarians, Elizabeth Johnson and colleagues um, uh, at the University of Georgia observed higher concentrations of lutein and zeaxanthin uh, in association with better cognitive performance. And similar results were reported for younger adults. Interestingly enough, accumulating data from Dr. Neiman's Kahn and Billy Hammond's research teams um, at the University of Illinois and University of Georgia also uh, have recently reported the relevance of macular carotenoids uh, in children um, as assessed through increased macular pigment optical density in association with memory performance. And we ourselves have conducted um, some um, studies uh, you know, where we were trying to understand the mechanisms by which lutein and zeaxanthin may mediate cognitive benefits. And indeed, we showed um, an increase in brain-derived uh, neurofactor in association with increased macular pigment optical density. Now, addressing more directly your question on uh, moods, uh, there have not been data per se specifically related to mood. However, with that said, on a related note, there are emerging data uh, supporting the association between lutein and zeaxanthin supplementation with psychological stress and emotional well-being. And that's where I believe uh, the mood aspect uh, comes in uh, indirectly. These data are not surprising given that oxidative stress and systematic, uh, systemic inflammation are often linked with psychological stress. So we, for example, did show that lutein and zeaxanthin supplementation for six months improved psychological stress, reduced serum cortisol, and improved measures of emotional um, and physical uh, well-being. So, um, and these outcomes were ma either maintained at six months or uh, we continued to improve at uh, 12 months. So supplementation increases brain-derived neurotropic factor, BDNF. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I'm fascinated by neuroplasticity and the fact that BDNF is a, is a marker for uh, neuroplasticity. And neuroplasticity being uh, the sort of the, the brain's ability to learn, right? To adapt and learn. How do you see these carotenoids uh, being important for neuroplasticity? Yeah, and a great uh, question, and I appreciate um, how you describe the role of uh, BDNF uh, in terms of being involved in um, neuroplasticity. So, uh, you know, what's really interesting is that uh, BDNF, uh, uh, which is also defined uh, commonly 
referred to as a neurotropin, is particularly active in the hippocampus, the cortex, and the basal uh, forebrain, um, areas that, uh, in, again, are not surprisingly, are involved in learning, memory, and higher cognitive uh, processes. And coincidentally, these are the areas where lutein and zeaxanthin also have been found to be selectively accumulated in. Um, and we believe um, that, uh, you know, through these mechanisms, uh, it, the uh, lutein and zeaxanthin, uh, you know, may help to improve uh, BDNF uh, and thereby uh, promote synaptic plasticity. In, indeed, our results show that after six months of lutein and zeaxanthin supplementation, in addition to achieving significant increases in macular pigment optical density, uh, the levels of BDNF in the serum were also significantly uh, increased and that the levels of macular pigment optical density were significantly correlated with the increased levels of BDNF. Now, some of the research that you referred to a little bit earlier uh, have been on stress and adrenal function. How does, how does this happen and what, is, what are the mechanisms for uh, lutein and zeaxanthine in the adrenal glands? Yeah, this is another interesting area of uh, research which, which continues to be actively explored. Uh, it is indeed reported that carotenoids such as lutein and zeaxanthin may be present in the adrenal glands. Now, what makes this even more interesting is that the adrenal glands also produce uh, cortisol, uh, and as you correctly pointed out, uh, helps us you know, to respond to stress and is one of our first uh, mechanisms uh, that comes into play in the flight or fight uh, uh, mechanism. So we did show that lutein and zeaxanthin supplementation from six, for six months uh, um, improved psychological stress. So, you know, in other words, reduced uh, psychological stress, reduced serum uh, cortisol levels, and improved measures of emotional and physical health versus our placebo group. So interestingly enough, these changes in cortisol and psychological stress were positively correlated with changes in macular pigment optical density. And I think what this is really highlighting and reflecting is this intimate correlation and this intimate connection uh, between what's happening in the adrenal glands, in the retina of the eyes and the brain, to truly modulate several aspects of health and well-being, from you know vision performance, um, helping to uh, mediate cogn cognitive performance, and last but not least, helping to support emotional uh, well-being. Um, one one thing that we didn't mention uh, that I find really interesting is uh, the source mm -hmm. of the lutein and zeaxanthine that OmniActive is providing and that Thorne is using in a couple of our products. Um, I find it really interesting where it's coming from and, and how it's being processed. Can you talk a little bit about that? Great. So uh, our lutein and zeaxanthin are derived from the marigold plant, a marigold flower uh, grown and harvested uh, in the fields of um, uh, India. So you, you were talking about marigolds. And uh, yes. I'm, of course, I'm thinking, okay, the marigolds that, uh, you know, we grow in our, in our flower garden. 
So very similar to those with the, with the uh, bright orange uh, flowers on them. Excellent. Exactly. Um, you know, right on point. Your description is excellent. So agreed. Lutein and zeaxanthin um, that OmniActive Health provides is indeed derived from the marigold esters, the bright uh, orange-yellow colored uh, petals um, that you see in your gardens. The way we source our lutein and zeaxanthin is through a vertically integrated uh, process. There is uh, a limited amount of uh, processing involved. We try to keep the, the ratio of lutein and zeaxanthin. We keep that as similar to what is found in the diet provided in the five to one ratio. And in fact, uh, the levels that we uh, achieve to and ascribe to uh, are consistent. Uh, there is very little uh, variation. And I really like the fact that it's vertically integrated as well, because then you know uh, where it's being grown, how it's being grown, how it's being extracted. And uh, it was great, great chain of custody there. Agreed. And we have full transparency in terms of uh, the processing and thereby the sustainability. And, uh, it, you know, it's truly a reliable, vertically integrated uh, supply chain. And I believe that's what truly differentiates uh, OmniActive uh, especially with respect to uh, its certification from numerous uh, authorities around the world. So one thing that we really haven't said is how much, if you're taking supplementation uh, of lutein and zeaxanthin, how much do you need to take to get these uh, protective effects? Another excellent question. Uh, with respect to, now let me, you know, let me take a step back and uh, address the question through this um, route. Indeed, if you look at the published body of literature, there are several uh, clinical studies that have been conducted on lutein and zeaxanthin. I would say most of them have shown a benefit at 10 milligrams with respect to macular pigment optical density. However, we have measured and compared the benefits of lutein and zeaxanthin both at 10 and 20 milligrams. And we have observed and consistently observed and demonstrated a superior benefit of lutein and zeaxanthin on macular pigment optical density at the 20 milligram dose versus 10 milligrams. When it comes to helping overcome digital eye strain, we have shown that 20 milligrams of lutein and 4 milligrams of zeaxanthin significantly improves the symptoms of digital eye strain um, and other markers of visual performance, such as uh, contrast sensitivity and glare. And then when it comes to stress, uh, we have shown again, uh, between 10 to 20 milligrams uh, have been uh, clinically relevant to helping uh, overcome symptoms or markers of psychological stress as related to reducing cortisol level and uh, improving some of the uh, markers of emotional well-being. So these are, these are really attainable levels. I mean, we're not talking about massive uh, supplementation here. We're talking uh, 10 milligrams of, of lutein and 2 milligrams of zeaxanthin or bumping that up to uh, 20 and 4. Agreed. Very e easily achievable uh, through supplementation. It's not like someone has to dose three times a day, but I, it's very easily uh, achievable um, on a daily basis. Um, we're running out of time. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to um, leave us with? 
I uh, appreciate again and thank you uh, for this opportunity to speak to the relevance of um, macular carotenoids as it relates to eye health and vision performance. You know, I think it's really important um, for us to consider that eye health is not just relevant as we get older, but eye health is a concern uh, and something that we need to be mindful of throughout our life cycle, especially in the context of uh, blue light and digital devices. We are living in a world of uh, digital consumption. Our everyday life is pretty much dependent on the use of smartphones and computers and, and televisions, etc. So we are constantly exposed to blue light and we should be mindful of how macular carotenoids can help us uh, mitigate some of the um, harmful effects of blue light as a result of digital exposure, but um, also be mindful of how we can protect ourselves uh, through other means as well. So it's a really a holistic way of how nutrition through macular carotenoids can help support vision performance throughout the life cycle. Well, I tell you, we're really excited to have these ingredients um, in a couple of our products in a, one product, Memoractive, that we just recently launched, uh, and that being a, a nootropic uh, cognitive uh, support type of product that uh, I think this works so well into. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're very thankful for you uh, being here today and sharing your experience with this. Um, it's great, useful information that no doubt will help us understand better how these molecules affect the eye, the brain, uh, and the adrenals as well. Uh, thank you so much for being on, Dr. Rai. My pleasure. Good luck. Thanks. Thank you.